A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. What happens if you get over caffeine? Well, it's 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 really ugly. My hair gets curly. Yeah, and I end up having to go to the washroom much more often than I do. And you get wild, I bet, right? Uh, it's just crazy. Rob Ford is right. The media is biased against him. It's undeniable. I have not met one member of the press here in Toronto who will cop to voting for Ford, who will, off the record or on, voice support for Rob Ford. But that's their personal politics. And, and these are professionals, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that their coverage of Rob Ford will be biased. And yet it is. It is heavily biased in favor of Rob Ford. Follow me here. The media is obsessed with Rob Ford. We cannot look away. We cover every absurd thing that he does, and that coverage itself is helping Ford. Whether the content of it can be called pro-Ford or anti-Ford, that is a secondary concern. It is the sheer amount of coverage that seems to be helping him. Last week in the Toronto Star, there was an op-ed by a guy named Dan Rath titled, Why Rob Ford Will Win Again. Ford's numbers seem to be recovering and, and maybe even rising, and the piece cites the sheer entertainment value of Rob Ford as a decisive factor for many Toronto voters. They just want to see what the guy's going to do next. And whatever happens next, the press, the Ford-hating press, will be sure to diligently report it. What is our alternative? Who is the opposite of Rob Ford? A skinny, sober, articulate, smaller-than-life politician? That dude exists. His name is David Soknacki. And on the day that Soknacki made a major policy announcement about reforms to the land transfer tax, doesn't sound very sexy, but it happens to affect every homeowner or would-be homeowner in the city, almost nobody from the press showed up. The, the press gallery, all, all but three reporters, were instead at City Hall because Doug Ford had promised them that the magician David Blaine 
would be doing card tricks outside of Rob Ford's office. Blaine, of course, was a no-show, and David Sucknacki is currently polling at 4%. All right, well, Team Sucknacki got in touch with me to say, basically, what the fuck? If Torontonians are serious about change at City Hall, which most of us purport to be, then why won't the media that supposedly represents them take this guy seriously? In a wider context, beyond Toronto municipal politics, is political coverage broken? Is it gameable in any city by any shameless candidate who is willing to make themselves a human train wreck carnival act and basically make any serious discussion of the issues impossible? These are questions worth asking, I think, and in a minute I will be posing them to David Sucknacki. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. It doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. CanadaLand is sponsored by Audible Audiobooks, and they want to give you a free audiobook download right now. One title that listeners of this podcast might enjoy is George Carlin Reads to You, the brilliant late comic reading from two of his books. These are Grammy-winning recordings, and you can just go and download this for free, seven hours of George Carlin for free. Go ahead and get it or any other book in Audible's 150,000 audiobook library for free right now, audibletrial.com slash CanadaLand. Go do it. So you're here because I've, I've been told that you've been ignored by the press, or at least not given the same consideration as the other candidates. And uh, can we establish that? Is that true? Have you not? Have you gotten short shrift from from the press gallery, from the the press at large? I think when I compete with uh, Ford having broken a toe, stuck in an elevator, has a magician that disappears. Of course, not only myself, but 
every candidate, I'm sure if Winston Churchill came back and gave one of his immortal speeches, they would go to cover Rob Ford's toe instead. It's, it's hard to compete with this singular event in, I don't know if we're even talking about Toronto history, Canadian history, or even like municipal Actually, political it, history. It's, it's, it's the universe. Yeah. Right? It, it's like on you know, the scale of the black hole and the Big Bang. Ford is like the black <laughs> hole of attention. How do you compete with something like that? I mean, it, it is a phenomenon. Well, what we've done since the beginning is to stay on our game. That means uh, continuing to raise the issues that I think are important, mm-hmm. uh, that we think are important as uh, what we want for the city. What we did when we started out is to say that our campaign was all about creating the city that we want. So what we've done is we've continued to focus on those issues. So yes, all of these comical things happen, and of course they divert attention. Once you've finished the fluff and stuff, at the end of the day, what you have remaining are, I think, the key policies that are the, for, for the good of our city. Leaving aside my candidacy for, for a moment, you know, we've taken a good— Yeah, we're speaking to like a national audience, so, so we'll, we'll— Yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. But, but, but leaving aside you know, my individual candidacy for a minute, uh, we've—my team and myself have spent a long time thinking long and hard about where do we want this great city to be in 10 years or at the end of a term. So in giving, our, giving that some thought and putting forward those ideas, those will remain after the, the circus stops. Well, we're here today to talk about sort of the media and politics and, and how these things work. And, you know, you, you've kind of uh, – in recent days, the message that I've heard a lot of people on Twitter and elsewhere conversationally say is like, well, you know, policy-wise, this is my guy, but he can't win. I'm glad he's there bringing up these issues. And then your campaign approaches me and, and says, you know, we can't get attention. Is it a catch-22 situation where the papers don't want to give you too much exposure because you're polling low, but you're polling low because the papers don't give you so much exposure? Is this kind of a broken system? How do you break that? You've asked a number of questions there. I do that. Uh, On the issue of whether myself gets adequate uh, attention, yes, there is a frustration to getting my voice out. I will say as well that in terms of not so much serious with a frown on your face, but in terms of the types of things that we want for our city, isn't getting nearly that uh, attention because of the interest in the very human saga of the Brothers Ford. That is what it is. What we're going to continue to do is raise the issues one after another, after another, after another. Policies that, well, frankly, they've been, they've been good enough to been appropriate by competitors. Uh, I think they've been good enough that uh, uh, perhaps our transit authority has speeded up implementation of a couple of matters. And so we're pleased with uh, the traction we've, we've received always can be better, uh, and we're going to continue to do what, we're, what we do, I think, uh, fairly well. I mean, that is an aspect to what you're doing. I mean, it's an aspect to what I'm doing is, is if, if you're sort of like on the fringe of things, but you're sort of in the game, you can introduce ideas, you can introduce concepts that other people are going to have to debate. And that even if your ideas get stolen, there is some positive progression that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Do you, do you see that as your role, or are you trying to be mayor? No, um, yeah. At my very one of my very first meetings that I've had with um, uh, one of the uh, people who's uh, served as a, as an organizer, he said to me, "You know, you're worth talking to because you might be the guy to bump off Rob Ford." And I said to him, "Well, I don't want to bump off Rob Ford. I want to be mayor." And that is um, still the the whole theme of what we're doing. 
What's the difference? Are we talking about well, yeah, execution the, versus no, merit? No, no, no. There's a there, there's whole difference. Uh, I'm not here to score a moral victory. Yeah. Uh, I'm not here to be in quotes uh, a, a a candidate on the on on the fringe. If we didn't believe that we had a uh, a chance, and I've always said that it's been a challenging chance to win, I wouldn't be in the race. Is something broken with how we cover? Politics is there something broken with the press galleries? Is there something broken with, you know, I resist uh, as a journalist these kind of staged events, and when, especially when you've got many, many journalists getting the exact same footage, many, many journalists getting the exact same sound bites. I think you've been forced to come up with some other tricks, and, and your team has positioned you as the anti-Ford, and you've used memes and social media to kind of say, you know, not only are you not the guy who's surrounded by a press circus, but you've used sort of like a norm core kind of. Okay, I got three three answers to that because it's 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 a lot. That that question is a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. So so number one is looking at the mirror, and then number two is again looking at somebody else's mirror. Number three is having a bit of fun. So first of all. Take a look in the mirror, not so much of the press, but the public needs to take a look in its own mirror because what they want and how they act is, I'm not going to say completely different, but fairly different. There wouldn't be that, that lots of coverage over, over a magician in the case of Mr. Ford that never appeared. And yet, if people didn't want to hear about a magician that didn't appear, then frankly speaking, I don't think that people would have done that. Yeah. Okay. The second mirror I want to put up. So, so people have to take a look at themselves. What Saying you, you may you may say that you want more responsible leadership and you want and you want to end to this Ford era, but you also kind of want to know if David Blaine's going to show up and uh, some kind of Ford thing or if Snow and, is going to drop a verse or and 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 you much prefer that over hearing about whether or not uh, home ownership is going to be a little more affordable because that's when I I uh, re- proposed reforms to the land transfer tax. Yeah. The second mirror you've got to show up. Is, is, is the mirror of the press themselves. Uh, because you say, well, we get all of this stuff that is canned and, uh, you know, we're perhaps a little bit cynical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, at the same time, there are a number of people in the media, and I recognize how difficult particularly print media is in terms of profitability and resources and, and, and so forth. But there is lots of information there for the media if, in fact, the media is interested in doing that digging and doing that searching. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, just um, as part of the recent discussion, we were talking about the campaigns being $2 million. Toronto, to to win, I think, to be viable in the Toronto campaign is $2 million. Really, said darn near everybody in the media, well, sure, it's on the city website. Got to do a little bit of digging. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the policies that we and, uh, frankly, my uh, my competitors ought to have been bringing to the table as, as well, that's available if you do the digging and you do the work. So the second mirror, if you do, if you don't mind, is holding my uh, the mirror up to the media and say, if you want the tricks, you've you've got them because you're not doing the research. Instead, take a look yourself and go behind in the details. Two million. You're saying that the media, in questioning that two million dollar figure, needs to look closer at what it actually costs to. I'm, I'm saying generically, what I'm saying is the media ought to take a deeper look itself. If they don't like what's being presented to them, yeah, ask the questions that are there. Ask the questions such as. Well, for, we're just using. We just use the example of uh, how much does an election cost? Yeah. Well, 
The answer isn't 1.3 because everybody says it's 1.3 million. The answer is that an election really costs $2 million. When you're talking about the promotional budget, a marketing budget for a campaign. I'm call, saying that that's how much it costs to run a successful campaign to be a mayor of the city of Toronto. Okay. Or in other areas, um, there's lots of ideas out there for transit. Mm -hmm. Well, there are a number of uh, experts, certainly in the city of Toronto, presumably elsewhere in Canada, that are just dying to tell media people, ask these questions on transit. Mm -hmm. And what you'll do is you'll get the answers that will be very, not only beneficial, but it'll also be interesting. They'll be a lot of fun. You're saying we could be doing a better job of making and policy interesting rather than... Exactly. Because if you complain about the canned questions and just lapping stuff up, well, then for heaven's sakes, if you, if you have to cover it, fine, because people are people. But what you can do is that you can do the proactive bits yeah. and force part of that questioning where you want it to go. Right. Okay. So there's a choice between the Ford Circus and a dry policy announcement, and it's the press's job, you're saying, to get in there and make it evocative and make the readers care. And and if it's not evocative, you can say, well, just a second here. You're, you've got this really dry announcement on X, transit. Why aren't you really talking about this, 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 this in transit? Because nobody's talking about it. And you're not hearing that from and the press. I, and and I, it's very rare that you hear uh -huh. that. The third thing mm -hmm. is that gimmicky stuff. You know, we've had a hell of a lot of fun on the campaign. For instance, uh, showing that Toronto is a, a community of interests. Well, what we did is we got toques with, uh, in, with um, um, knitting for each of the communities and showed that one size doesn't have to fit all in terms of where we are for a city. Adorable. Well, it's, uh, whether it's adorable or it, not. It's fine. It was fun. Yeah. Right? Well, we've also had the memes that you've mentioned. Well, it was a lot of fun. Never heard of me. Neither has Jimmy Kimmel. Then people had fun, right? Neither has 52 Division. Yeah. Right? And people so, took the memes and made them their own. Yeah. So what we're doing is that, yes, I understand we need to get people's attention. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I like to think that we're having fun with it as well. How much, especially when you're when you're going to social media and launching a meme campaign, and people, you know, it gets some virality, and, and people play with your memes. And then on the other side of things, you've got Ford ignoring direct accountability uh, to the press, uh, refusing to even speak to the largest newspaper in Canada, uh, an end run around the press, essentially, and announcing information at his own schedule. Uh, how much does the press even matter at this point? when you can use the internet or, or you can use your own messaging. So there's, there's no shortage of platforms to get that stuff out. Do people really take their cues from City Hall press gallery anymore when it comes to who they know about or who they're going to vote for? Well, that's, I think, the changing nature of the press. You're quite right that if people are looking for direct access to the public, there are many more ways of doing that. So then we start moving to what does the press do? Well, perhaps the press then interprets. Perhaps the press then digs behind to find the questions that aren't being asked. The press then spends its time to not so much to expose in a malicious way, but to say, here's what's not being asked, and we're going to be asking those questions. Because at the end of the day, you're asking, what's my value add? And I think the value add of the media becomes one of asking those questions, of raising those issues, and presenting the perspective that is not being force-fed to people or that's not available on the silver platter. Because once you have that value add, 
I think that is the uh, the future of the um, uh, of the media broadly put in, in, in all of its platforms, whether it's, uh, you know, you take a look, for instance, for a successful magazine like The Economist. Mm-hmm. You know, why is its subscription rising? Why is the, the even the New York Times, you know, maybe making a go of it online? And the reason is not because of the fact, the quote, facts, but because of the interpretation and the veracity. There is a value add there. And what you need to do is make sure that, that it is a value add because people will uh, respect it and hopefully pay for it. Yeah. If, it, if you're just a dumb pipe delivering a pre-written message. Lots of places to get it. That's right. It used to be that media was the gatekeepers and, you know, it was just a nice uh, work you didn't have to do when a political campaign just completely packaged the, <laughs> the message so you didn't have to do your, your job very well. But now unless you're bringing something new to it, unless you're asking the question no one else is asking, then, then why are you there and why does anyone need you? So so what we've done, for instance, on the, on the police um, issues, it's something to say, well, in the city of Toronto, for 20 four hours worth of work, we pay 28 hours. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. So what we did is that we put it in a number of what we call shareables. And the point is not to be cute or tricky or particularly funny, but to say, well, listen, here is a, a serious issue that we think merits discussion. And we're putting it in a way that's intriguing with the ability to go to the next step. Well, you're, you're presenting that value add that you're suggesting that the press should be taking exactly. up, which is, it is, I guess, both of our jobs, in, in a sense, to take complicated information in an environment where people are being inundated with all kinds of entertaining messages all the time and make it entertaining and make it evocative. But you have an interest in doing that, and our interest is, is keeping you honest, and perhaps that job is not being done properly. Well, with respect, your job is different. It's neither either... either n- I would like to think we're both honest people. Well, we both got to get people's attention. We both have to, yes. We both have to provide that um, additional value to make people see things the way at least is our world vision. And how do we do that in a competing area? Well, we we want to do it by having a sense of credibility. Mm -hmm. We want to do it in a way that's interesting. And we have to be competitive because there's a lot of competing visions. I'm going to take another angle on this. I approached a friend who who is in the press gallery, and I ran past him this uh, this kind of angle that you presented me with, which is, you know, David Saknaki is not getting the attention his campaign deserves. And he said, that's ludicrous. If anything, he's a press darling. Given how low he's been polling for months, the amount of coverage he's gotten is fantastic. And that made me wonder, like, you've sort of embraced this anti-Ford persona, you know, embraced the nerd thing, embraced people call you policy wonk, and you've sort of said, absolutely. But- at a certain point, isn't it also part of a job? I mean, yes, you might have the policies that a lot of people can agree are the right policies, but is it not a politician's job, is it not a leader's job to also inspire people, engage them, that charisma factor, get them all riled up? And that's not just about getting votes or putting asses in seats or getting people's attention. It's about whether or not you're actually going to be able to implement these policies, because that requires a bit of hucksterism as well. Well, I think you're asking two questions. Um, I think you're asking the question of um, inspiring Mm-hmm. And I think you're asking the question of, so how do you get more people inside your tent? Yeah, and you've used the anti-Ford thing, the nerd thing, as, as sort of an introductory way. But that, that, that there's a catch-22 there because that only gets you so far. You can only play the underdog for so long. If you actually start to get some momentum, you can't be, well, why is no one paying attention to me? Sure. So with respect to uh, a vision, I think it is very much the sum piece of all of those Nuts and bolts, boring, dry, call them what you will, ideas. I didn't ask you if you had a vision. Oh, no, no, no. And so that's, that, that, that's one piece. And whether one has the coverage, well, I then go back 
to actually to my competitors and say, all right, so we have announced all of these things, policy heavy, if, if you will, mm-hmm. e- even if you admit that, you know, we do have a vision, then perhaps my success is the failure of my competitors. Because I take a look at those people who, who, are, who are running with me, uh, and, and what I see is, yes, I'm, I'm flattered that they have borrowed some of the ideas, but at the same time, they're running very different campaigns. Yeah. So if you are at, for sake of argument, 25%, then you've got a very real concern that you don't want that to go down to 24 or lower. Yeah. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to annoy people. And so you start looking at issues uh, using the filter of how many votes am I going to lose for this? Yeah. And so it's a very different approach than somebody who I've started out recognizing that I'm not a celebrity, recognizing I'm not going to start out with 20%. And I need to build positively in, in order to, to build the numbers. We have the luxury of, of, of presenting your like true thoughts on this in a pure way, and you don't have the liability of that kind of popularity. And, and, and I guess the only road to success would be, yeah, if your competitors just all fall down. Um, the road to success is that if people take a look and my competitors have become too successful as celebrity candidates and not offer content. You, you mentioned before $2 million. How much of that is coming out of your pocket? Lots. Why? I mean, you're probably not going to be the next mayor. Be- so why would you... I, I, I really like... Okay, uh, why, answer why, the question. Why, why, uh, why am I here? You know, why are you spending that much money on a be- campaign that's well, probably not well, going to succeed? Well, right. Do I believe in what I'm doing or not? All right. Uh, <laughs> answer your question. Uh, I think I know the answer. Uh, well, no. Yeah. I, 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 I've, I, I've, I've, walked the, I've walked the walk. I have yet to hear anybody answer this question in a way that satisfies me or that I think is uh, – I take seriously. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of your own money. Look at – and, and maybe it's, it's a wonderful public service because you have introduced stuff into this campaign that needs to get talked about. So isn't that wonderful? This, he believes in the city so much that he's willing to take a six-figure bath in order to make this a more intelligent conversation. I don't buy that. People act out of self-interest. There must be some, you know, if you don't win, does this help you in some way? What? <laughs> look, look. I have here a piece of foam that's fallen off the wall. Yeah. You're not making a lot of money here. This place has got to be, I mean, we got used equipment all over the place. Uh-huh. All right. You got to be able to make more money elsewhere. Like, uh, why are you doing this? <laughs> that is a very, very, you turn that around. And Do you want me to away. put the foam back on the wall? Please do put the, and if, okay. yeah. If, uh, okay. Tape, yeah, you can but... use some glue too, right? I recognize the risk when we started off uh, running the campaign. And it's something that I very passionately believe we need as a city. Not myself, but the ideas that come. And frankly speaking, we've taken a look at uh, the numbers and the support and where one could go and how one could build up. I mean, we could go through the names of Nenshi and Miller and de Blasio and so forth. Yeah. Right? I recognize the challenge and the investment is there as well. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're looking at this as a, as a viable enterprise. And it doesn't work out the day after you go, well, it was worth a shot. It was worth the, uh, it was worth the pain to my bank account. Again, do I believe in the city? All right. All right. In, in, in what we're doing. Looking at the kind of information framework around a campaign, the polling is, is, is such a consideration. The polling, the polling, the polling. 
I wonder if the polling isn't itself an outdated medium, uh, talking about politics in the media, when you're not factoring in people who don't have landlines. Is that part of your equation? I mean, do you need a lot of the people who are sharing the memes and contributing to them might not be getting counted? They're young people who might not be getting counted in traditional polling. Is that kind of like a game-changing aspect? I mean, I'm thinking everything, everything from the Obama campaign to what happened in Calgary with Nahid Nechi, uh, Like, Is that sort of behind the times when it comes to that kind of data collection? We have a uh, team and support base that uh, makes me feel absolutely ancient. Um, our support base is typically under 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, our team, of course, is well under 35. Interesting thing as well is that our uh, support base is uh, what is now called progressive, uh, left of center. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's Just, it might be strange for you as a small C conservative. conservative. Well, I'm yeah. a proud conservative. Yeah. Uh, what we did when we put forward parts of our, our platform is didn't we? We didn't put it against. Well, this will satisfy you know the red meat people, and this will satisfy the uh, the, the latte sippers. Uh, what we in fact said is that where do we need to go on the issue of homelessness? Mm-hmm. Where do we need to go on the issues of transit and so and, and so forth? But to answer your your question directly, that'd be better. Yeah. Uh, where where we want to go is um, our big challenge. <clears throat> Sorry, we recognize that yes. We are reaching those who traditionally don't have landlines. Our challenge, of course, is to make sure that those people get out and vote for us. Yeah. Is there a precedent for that in Toronto? Um, we don't see it in Toronto. We see it in a number of jurisdictions. I mean, you mentioned a, a number of names, as did I earlier, everyone from uh, uh, President Obama to, to Mayor Nenshi. Mayor Nenshi, uh, Tommy Carcetti won. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so what we've done is that so we have uh, invested a lot in uh, back-of-house software as well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, tell me about that. I'm interested. Well, in I, I'm going. I've, I've told you pretty well all that I'm going to tell you, other than it's proprietary. But what we've done Wait, is Sugnaki campaign has proprietary. We have software. We, we have built. We have built on existing platforms. Uh huh. And uh, the purpose of that is that we have to make um, uh, you know twenty five cents do a dollar's worth of work. And uh, so we've got some of that uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, on the team. And we have said, listen, here are the limitations, because uh, we're, we are now moving to, this, to the phase of the campaign where it's beyond the ideas and philosophy. It's let's get out the vote. We yeah, this to, is a real practical thing. We have to identify the vote. Yeah. We have to get them out. We have to know who we're getting out. We have to target them. Can you tell me more? I mean, this is fascinating. So you, this is about about turning clicks into votes, and this is about some proprietary software that, and, that, that and, you're building and, on. And in November, I look forward to having uh, phase two of the interview. Okay, because this is this is uh, war room stuff that you don't want to share. It's competitive information at this stage. At what point, if it doesn't look like it's moving in the right direction, at what point is it just terrifically irresponsible for you to continue running because you are splitting the anti-Ford vote? Um, I don't think at any point it's terrifically irresponsible to split the anti-Ford vote because I think... What about the point at which that results in a Ford victory? I think that that is unlikely. That is your Canada Land Show. I hope you enjoyed it. Email me. I read everything I get. I reply when I can. The address is jesse at jessebrown.ca. I am on Twitter at jessebrown.ca. And the website for the show is at canadalandshow.com. 
To get your free audiobook download right now, go to audibletrial.com slash CanadaLand. Next episode will be up on Monday. If you like this show, recommend it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.